Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. My name is Chanel Shaw, and today we are meeting with Regina Boyd, who is a licensed counselor. We're going to be talking all things mental health. We have some submitted questions from some of our listeners from Instagram. And so we're going to ask Regina and learn from all of her wisdom. Thank you so much for being with us, Regina. Thank you for having me. Yes. Tell us a little bit about who you are. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I'm a therapist. And I work out of Orlando, Florida. So I offer virtual and in-person therapy for couples, families, and teens and integrating you know, from a Catholic perspective as well. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. We are so grateful that you're here. We've had so many people ask us for more mental health content. I think this past year has been extremely hard for a lot of people. And yeah, so we're just so happy you're here. We'll roll right into the questions if that's okay with you. Okay. So our first question that we had was, do you have any tips for managing just general anxiety, just the anxieties of life, not being able to balance life? How would you answer that? Yeah. So one thing I'd want to do is pay attention to how bad your anxiety is, right? So everyone has stress and regular everyday stress is normal and healthy and natural for us, which is weird to think about when we're having a mental health themed (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Stress motivates us, right? It helps us prepare for a job interview, study for that exam, clean the house before a company comes over, whatever it is. Hmm. Stress motivates us, helps us get things done. But we get to a point where there can be an inverse correlation. So we hit a place where stress is no longer helpful and the more stressful things become, then our ability to get things done becomes less productive, less effective. And that's when we start getting into the clinical anxiety territory where you're not able to function and complete tasks in a certain way or you're bogged down by a lot of thoughts, a lot of worries and concerns, maybe even some irrational fears and concerns about what might be going on. So if those things are coming up for you, the first thing I would say, you know, is making sure all of your normal healthy habits are in place. Are we getting enough sleep? Are we eating well? Are we exercising? That's the normal baseline. Because if we do those things well, that'll give us the energy to withstand and tolerate anxiety and fight it more readily. If we're exhausted because we don't have enough sleep, it's just going to make the anxiety symptoms a lot more overwhelming. And then the second thing I would say is starting to pay attention, maybe even tracking, keeping some type of log and paying attention to what are those areas where you have a tendency to get triggered, meaning what are those areas where anxiety pops up for you the most? Mm. Is it right before bedtime? Is it before you interact with a certain coworker? at work, maybe you have staff meetings every Wednesday and you notice you have a lot of anxiety on Wednesdays or something like that. And so paying attention to when those moments happen to you and write them down and see if you pick up after a couple of weeks, you'll be able to see a pattern of when that most frequently happens. And then you'll be able to focus your attention on those times. So you can start paying attention to your bedtime routine and how do I make that more relaxing or or how do I what do I need to do to prepare myself for Wednesdays and leading up to Wednesday to make myself calm and grounded so that I can enter Wednesday with as much, with my cup is filled as much as possible so that when it's mm. depleted, I'm not depleted to a point where I am just completely running on empty. So those would be some general tips or suggestions I have. 
for anxiety? Food and exercise and sleep. That is so much easier said than done as I catch myself watching Law and Order like at 2 a.m. again (laughs) on (laughs) on a Sunday before the work week. That is awesome. Okay, so we're Catholic and our faith life obviously is very important to us and it should be integrated into every facet of how we live. I think sometimes though, as we're seeing, the topic of mental health is now being talked about a lot in the church, which is awesome. But I do think it's kind of hard still for people to come to terms with how to balance those two things and how to necessarily integrate mental health into your faith life and how to work those two things together. So what advice would you give someone that wanted to seek mental health wellness more? Yeah, I would say, you know, first, don't be afraid. We know from what our faith teaches and in the catechism, it talks about how we are integrated body and soul. And so there's nothing we can't do to our bodies is not impacting us in a spiritual way as well. I'm not a theologian, but that's what I glean from it anyway. And so if you're taking the time to take care of your mental health, my personal opinion is that you are doing a spiritual work. You're doing something while you're taking care of the temple that's your body. You're being a good steward of your mind and your body. And so the act in and of itself is a Catholic thing. (laughs) So that alone. And then as far as what type of therapist, obviously you want to make sure you're looking for somebody who specializes in whatever that area of need is that you have, whatever it is you're looking for help and support with. And if they are coming from a Catholic perspective, that's really helpful in a lot of situations. Again, I think it depends on the issue and what it, what it is you might be working on and what you're looking for help with. Um, and in some cases, it might not completely be necessary depending on the situation. So mm. I think as long as you're upfront with your therapist and making sure they're somebody who is open to your faith, respectful of it, they provide an environment where you're able to be comfortable explaining. So even if they might not be completely aware of everything about our faith, are they somebody who can sit and listen and learn from you and be tolerant of that? Or are there, is it somebody who's going to be judgmental or accidentally, you know, say something negative against us? So those would be the things I would pay attention to. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. And so when I was in college up until that point, my faith formation had been my youth group in high school. And so going to a Catholic college was the first time that I had ever heard of spiritual direction or any kind of spiritual guidance and help besides my youth minister. I had a lot of questions submitted about spiritual direction and therapy. And do those two things work together? Can I just see a spiritual director? And is it possible for me to actually be a spiritual failure, which I had a lot of people submit that, by seeking mental health help outside of spiritual direction? Okay, so I'm getting on my soapbox for a second here (laughs) because... Just because you see a mental health provider and go and seek therapy does not mean you are a failure spiritually. And I'm going to give you an analogy. You know, this is for any other health issue. So if you have to go to the eye doctor and get eye glasses or contacts, does that mean you're a spiritual failure because you're not going to spiritual direction to help your eyesight? 
like if you have diabetes <laughs> and you go get insulin, are you a spiritual failure because you, you know, didn't take that to your spiritual director? Absolutely not. And so it's the same thing. You know, if you have some things that are happening for you mentally, you need to go get that help. And that does not mean you are spiritually at fault or lacking in some way. And I, you know, that is just one really big hope and desire that I have is that, you know, everyone can kind of view mental health in the same way as all other health issues. It's just health. Mental health yeah. is just health. <laughs> You're like, girl, just see the therapist. Yeah. <laughs> and you can do both at the same time. You can, mm. I have lots of clients that I work with that also see a spiritual director and come and see me. And it actually is a really beautiful experience working with those clients that I have who do go to spiritual direction because they'll come in and they'll share what they've talked about in spiritual direction. And it's, you know, the way the Holy Spirit works with that of just tying everything together is really kind of cool. It almost accelerates the process. But I think there are some things that are strictly spiritual where it's really helpful to have that guidance and especially the theological knowledge and whatnot. And then there's some things that are strictly psychological that need that extra attention, you know, for that mental health piece. If that's a suggestion you receive from a spiritual director, please go seek that help. It's only why keep limping around with a broken leg, you know, when you can get it cast up and be healed, you know. That's Um, a word. Okay. Just go. That's just get the glasses. Just get, you know, (laughs) just just go. go. (laughs) Go I know. I know. It's so strange because it really is one of those things where you're like, well, it's hard to make that distinction of I have anxiety. I suffer with anxiety, right? Or anxious behaviors. But it also, it could be a spiritual attack. So I'm going to go see my spiritual director. I'm going to go to confession. I'm going to pray and I feel better, but like not really. But it's hard for me to make that distinction and kind of separate those two things. And am I just not praying enough? Or am I not tithing enough? And it's just so hard. What would you respond to that? Like I, I've i talked to so many people and I've even thought myself at times, I remember thinking like, I just, maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm just not praying enough. <laughs> or maybe I just need to like fast more or something, you know? Um, and so do you have a lot of people kind of come to you with the same concerns? Oh, yes, 100%. And, you know, that's, especially if somebody is experiencing anxiety symptoms, I think this is very, very common. And it's just an easy way to have another thing to worry about, unfortunately, and have the voice of anxiety talking in your ear about, well, did I really, you know, did I really pray enough? If if I was a really good Catholic, if I really believed, maybe, you know, if I fast, I do all these things. Right. And so we know too from our faith that there's nothing we can do to earn God's favor, to earn his love, that he loves us as we are. And so I think there's some misconceptions out there that, you know, because I might be experiencing anxiety or whatever mental health issue that it implies that I'm not doing something right with my faith. That if I, if I believed enough, if I had the mustard seed faith, then this would all go away. Then I would, so because I'm still experiencing these symptoms, I must not be doing something right. Oof. And that's not 
true. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my gosh. I didn't, I did not ask to be called out like this though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. No, that is a word. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we all have places where we need to get help and support. If we go to a friend or family member and want to vent and just ask for advice, does that mean we have less faith? No. God puts people in our lives to help support us. And we all have, the body has different gifts and ways and abilities to help and support you. And so you're just taking advantage of another gift in the body of Christ to help support you through whatever that time or phase is that you're going through in your life. I love that. And so I think that actually rolls us into a question we talked about before then we have time for. I know I have a lot of friends, unfortunately, that struggle with scrupulosity, who are very good at managing kind of their life, their faith life, and they take care of things and et cetera. They go to confession, but then also have tendencies to go to confession every day and constantly worry about if they're doing things correctly and constantly worry about their work life and their home life and their faith life and et cetera. And it just never seems to be good enough. So how would you kind of guide someone through that? And what advice would you give them? So I would say, yeah, scrupulosity is a really tough one. It's a real burden for a lot of people carrying this irrational fear and belief about, you know, whether or not you committed an actual sin. So scrupulosity has a lot to do with seeing sin when there actually is no sin. And then ruminating, having thoughts, racing thoughts about that of, you know, what do I need to do? And so going to confession and then wondering, you know, did I leave something out of that confession? Did I say my penance? Did I say that our father fully, you know, contritely enough? Did I, right? So even just the act of going through the motions can really be an opportunity to cause more stress and more anxiety around that. So one thing I read before was when in doubt, you know, don't basically. (laughs) So if there's a question about whether or not there's a sin or whether or not you did something wrong, basically ignore it because there's a good chance that it probably, that means there probably was no sin at all. And that's a way to get lost in those thoughts. And when we engage in those actions, whether it's extra prayer time or going to confession every day or even abstaining from receiving the Eucharist because we're unsure of if we're worthy to receive, receive anyway. And I'm saying this with the caveat and the understanding, right? That, (laughs) um, you know, assuming they're obviously church teaching, there's no mortal sin and all that good stuff, but people Mm -hmm. who are experiencing scrupulosity, it's really a form of OCD. And so engaging in those behaviors is, acting on that compulsion. So if I go to confession, that's going to relieve my anxiety because I have all these questions about whether or not I committed a sin. And so now I go to confession to try to relieve that. But now tomorrow I feel anxious again. So now I have to go to confession again. Wow. And so when in doubt, don't, meaning let's skip the confession. If you have a question, skip confession. You went the day before. And the more that you can force yourself to do that, right? Receive anyway. You just went to confession the day before, like receive anyway, trust in God's merciful love and forgiveness. You know, that's really the burden and the challenge for people experiencing scrupulosity is engaging more of that idea of trusting in God's mercy for them. And 
the more that you're able to do that, it counteracts that compulsion, that desire to satisfy the anxious thoughts by going to confession or praying that extra rosary, the more you're able to see, oh, wow, I did survive a day without confession and I'm actually okay. So the more that you can do that, then the easier it'll become over time. In in a nutshell, it's a little more complicated than that. But No, I love that. I love that. When in doubt, don't. That is awesome. And for my brain that tends to ruminate quite a bit, that is amazing. Because there have been many times where I've been like, you know, when you're just thinking so much and then I have to out loud verbally be like, okay, Chanel, no, it's enough. (laughs) Right. Like it's enough. Like you got it. You got to stop. You got to stop thinking or just like, that's not true. You know, or I had to tell myself like, that's not true. Like you don't need to go do that again. Or like sometimes I'll worry about if I said something that hurt someone's feelings and then, but it didn't actually hurt someone's feelings, but I'm so worried that it did. And I'm like, I should call them or And then I call them and then they don't answer. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I should drive to their house. Oh my gosh, I should, you know, and it like overwhelms, you know, where I'm like, it's just so overwhelming. So that is just such a simple but profound thing (laughs) to just not let yourself get there. And if you do get there, just like stop, you know? (laughs) Right. And I love that trick that you mentioned about actually saying something out loud to yourself. That's actually a recommended idea for a lot of people is to say the thought out loud and, you know, and remembering that you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts do not define who you are and they're not you. They're just thoughts. And so sometimes it helps to acknowledge that and say, that is a thought. You are a thought. You are not me. Yeah. (laughs) And that's not. Yeah, I remember my therapist when I used to live in Philadelphia would tell me all the time. She's like, Chanel, you know, your feelings are not facts. She's like, it is okay that you feel that way. And it's great that you acknowledge it. Like the worst you can do is deny how you feel and try to like feel another feeling. So it's okay. But she's like, but your feelings aren't factual. It doesn't mean that those things are actually happening. And you tend to create stories around your feelings. And then all of a sudden it's reality when it's actually not. And I just remember thinking, sitting there in my room and being like, oh my gosh, like you're so right. (laughs) My feelings are not facts and it can sound really harsh, but it's true. It's like, you know, your feelings don't necessarily mean that that thing is true or that feeling of like, I need to go to confession again after you just went less than 24 hours before. It's like, that doesn't mean that you need to go or that you committed an actual sin, you know? So it's so important to just have that distinction. It it gives me so much freedom, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We are so grateful that you have been our guest today. You were just so awesome. And I had so many questions come into my inbox today. So I'm so glad you got to answer some of them. So tell us, where can we find out more information about you, what you're up to? So I'm on Instagram at Boyd Counseling Services. And then my website is reginaboyd.com. So if you go there and on Facebook, um, Regina Boyd, LMHC, but you'll be able to see what I'm up to. Okay, that's awesome. And are you accepting clients in your offices? 
I am. Yes. Both virtual and in person. Yes. All right, everybody. So check her out. You will be receiving a random email from a (laughs) last name shop. (laughs) So at the end of every one of our shows, we ask our guests what their hope for the week is. And so just something that you're looking forward to, something that you're hopeful for. I can go first if you need some time to think about it, or if you're ready, you're more than welcome to go first. How are you feeling? You go first. (laughs) Okay. So something that I'm hopeful for, well, I, I moved back to Florida. So I live with my mom now, and I'm just really excited and hopeful to spend more time in my hometown now as an adult. It is very interesting just going to your elementary school and going to your home parish and seeing people that you grew up with and eating at restaurants you used to like. And so I'm just really hopeful and excited to just kind of explore where I grew up and just like live a life of leisure. It's just nice. I'm not working. I'm not in the like grind culture that I used to be in. And so I'm just really excited to just exist. And I'm hopeful that I can do that for however long that lasts until my mom starts asking me to pay rent. So we're, <laughs> which I don't think will happen, but I'm just very excited to just be a human that lives a life of leisure. I, I truly don't even think I've ever, I have not done that since middle school. So I'm very, <laughs> I'm very excited. So how about you? Sounds well-deserved. Yeah, I am looking forward to Father's Day. We're recording this before Father's Day, but um, I'm looking forward to that, to celebrating you know, the fathers in my life, my husband, my dad, father-in-law, all that good stuff. So we've got a couple fun things lined up for the weekend. So I'm looking forward to just being together as a larger extended family and and having some fun times. So. Oh, I love that. Can you share with us, because this will (laughs) air after, can you share with us something that you're really looking forward to doing? So one of the things that's on the table is going to Top Golf. I know that place is so fun. Yeah. So it'll actually be my first time going. My husband's been a a few times, but for people who don't know, it's this high tech driving range sort of thing, but um, it's a little more upscale and fancy in the sense that you get your own little driving range booth and you can order food and drinks and stuff. And somehow they make it virtual where you can play games. So you're hitting an actual golf ball, but there's digital screens where you're playing different games and for points like Angry Birds and random things. So so it takes a regular driving range to a whole new level, basically. <laughs> wow, that sounds so fun. Well, I hope that y'all get to do that. I know that it is around that hurricane season time over in yes. Florida. So hopefully yes. it, no rain, you know, kind of gets in the way of those plans. Right. Yes. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. But thank you so much again for being our guest. And I'm just so excited. I think that mental health is so important and it's so nice to speak to such a wise professional. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. All righty. Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you to Regina for being our guest. We're looking forward to having more mental health professionals and advocates on our podcast. And we really hope that this episode helped you at least encourage you to take care of yourself, whether that means rolling through Chick-fil-A or taking an extra long nap. We're really happy that Regina was able to share her wisdom with us and looking forward to expanding the conversation on mental health and our faith. 
Hope that y'all have an awesome day. Thank you so much again for listening. And I'm looking forward to talking to y'all next week. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.